to the book of Acts. Now, hallelujah. I've got some notes here, and uh, we're just going to just take a little bit of time tonight and talk to you about something completely different than what's here on these notes. So, uh, but we're going to, we are going to take a text here. And I appreciate every testimony, appreciate every, everybody just worshiping God, seeking God. Those of you that are just reaching out to God for an infilling, a baptism of his spirit. God bless you. Don't give up. Don't be, don't, uh, don't be weary in that. Just rejoice. God's, God's got a promise. He's going to do it. That's exciting. Amen. Don't you, don't, uh, don't feel sad about it. God's going to do it. Amen. It's a promise. God can't lie. So God bless you. And I appreciate my church family and. And uh, I just want to be sensitive to God's direction here. We've had great testimonies, great prayer and praise, and and uh, God bless you for that. Hallelujah. Acts, uh, the seventh chapter. And let's pray. God, thank you again for your presence here. Thank you for your help. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us and, Lord, strengthening us already in this service, God. And I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, everything you do. Lord, it's all good, and we love you for it. God, I'm asking you just give us what we need tonight, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Praise God. So, hallelujah. Acts 7, verse 51. Stephen is preaching, and... He just kind of gets down into the middle of it right here. And he says, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised, and hardened ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have you not, not your fathers persecuted, and they have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers? And when who had received the law by the dispensation of angels and have not kept it. Listen, this is really what I want to preach about, what I want to look at. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God, Jesus standing on the right hand of God. God bless you. You can be seated. Go down a little bit later, it tells us how he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. A lot there that we could talk about, but I want to deal really kind of on the heels of some things we talked about this morning. We talked about how God is looking for those that would help his kingdom reach souls. And we spoke about how There needs to be both an understanding of the sinfulness of sin, but also a heart that is compassionate and seeks like Jesus to save that which is lost. That we are not here to condemn like Jesus said in his of himself, but to save. But I do want to be clear about something As a church family, that as we love people, and as we are patient with people, and as we 
show them and prove to them that we're going to be there to help them and to minister, to serve. Amen? To be everything that this world needs it to be to give them the best chance possible to be saved. We don't believe that there ought to be condemnation in our attitudes. We made that very clear this morning. But there is something that I don't ever want you to think that we've stopped believing in. That we don't realize that there is something so valuable about the way God works in in even a service like this. That God's love and God's mercy to, to save any soul from sin is never this sad idea of uh, of a modern church that says uh, he, he, he loves you so much uh, he'll leave you in your sin. No, that's hurting you. He, he loves you enough to take you out of your sin. He loves you enough to save you from it. The book of Ephesians tells us that we are we're dead in sins and trespasses. But he has made us alive. He's quickened us. He's taken us out of that darkness into his marvelous light. There's not this idea that God, oh, God loves me no, no matter what. I understand that. But he loves you so much that he's not going to leave you in no matter what. And what is inevitable is when God's presence draws near to you. He's not going to condemn you. But there is something that we call conviction. And it is one of the most valuable things that that can ever come into your life. That God's Spirit would draw near to you and and allow you in His holy presence to feel the the pricking of your heart. The the the, the pang of, of shame and guilt of, of not being where I ought to be. That, that, I, that Lord, I, I don't want to be a disappointment. I don't want to. I, I don't want to be outside of Your will. And God will help you to be uncomfortable right. in a place that He wants to get you out of and move you along to something greater. Yeah. But we're living in a day where we've got things mixed up, and people have this idea that if if you don't agree with me and validate me, and you don't Except that what I am doing, no matter how self-destructive, no matter how wrong it may be, that if you don't agree with it, that you don't love me. See, God is such a good father. And, and, and this kind of spoiled brat mentality that it's all about us and, and God should just enable me. If I want to play in traffic, God should just ought to smile and say, that's my son. Look at him. I'm so proud of him. You know, uh, if you're going to really love your child, you're going to say, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Get out of there. You're going to panic. Oh, why are you talking to me like that? You don't love me. To sit back and smile and say, hey, how are you having fun? Want me to bring some cookies out for you later out there in the middle of the highway? Maybe mom can come out and play with you later. Would you like that? Don't tell me you love that child. Amen. 
when you see the damage, when you see the hurt, no matter how much you're trying to hold on so tightly to, to sin, God loves you. The Bible tells us after the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost. So you can see it there in Acts the second chapter. And we, we see a Peter that is not this one that says, I'll die before I leave you. But we see and, and see him betray or deny that he even knows the Lord three times. But now we see a boldness in him. We see something different about him. We see that conversion that Jesus was talking about. And he stands up with the rest of them and says, listen, you crucified him. You, you were blinded and, and he was the one that came to save. He did no wrong. And his guilt is on you because of your sins. The Bible says the way he preached that, not hateful, not, not hurtful to damage. But listen, sometimes the Bible says they were pricked in their heart. God will, God will prick you in heart. I have seen otherwise reasonable people get very unreasonable when God starts to confront them about their sin and say, come on, let go of this and follow me. I've seen otherwise very kind people get pretty goofy, (laughs) get pretty nasty because they are conflicted about letting go of the things that they have leaned on and trusted. And it's not the preacher, but what the preacher represents. It's not the church, but what the church represents. Amen. That, that turns them with, you know, uh, in, in Acts, the second chapter says they were pricked in their hearts in the 37th verse of that chapter and said, and, and in that pricking, they, they don't say, what's wrong with you? Why, why are you telling me that I'm guilty, that I need a Savior? You don't care about me. It says they, they looked at them and said, men and brethren, what should we do? What should we do? You're right. You're absolutely right. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to hear God dealing with your heart and speaking to you, however it might be, through you open up the word of God prayerfully or through a, uh, uh, the preaching or maybe an example of a brother and sister. It takes a lot of courage to say, that's right. And I've, I, need to, I need to do better. I need what they have. That's why Jesus said you have to humble yourself, become like a child. And pride will... Cause God to resist you. I, I've I've been accused a lot of times of, of uh, you. You just hurt me. No, no, no. That's not hurt. That's that's the pricking of the the spirit of God in your heart, wanting you to move, move to repentance, move to a savior, move to His will, move to what He wants you to do. That's not a, a, a preacher that is so scared to, to, to say the wrong thing, to say, not, not, I'm Dave, Brother Dave, I, I hear what you said. I don't want you to be, I know I don't have to cover myself, but I, I, I know what he's talking about, being in, a, in an atmosphere where you just feel like uh, the lions are ready to pounce. Amen. But I, I'm talking about somebody that's, uh, that's, uh, that's holding on and doesn't want to let go of things. 
Spirit of God is trying to deal with them. And, and the Word of God comes forth and says, come on, here's, here's God's will. This is what freedom is. This is what liberty is. Amen. This is what life is. You know, we read in, in the book of John, I believe it's the 10th chapter, and, and I have no problem using this to tell you that the devil will only come to you if he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've told you this before, and I'll tell you again, that the context of it, what Jesus is really talking about is false teachers. They're the thieves. False religion will tell you you can just go on in your sin. False religion will tell you God still loves you, and He, you just say you're sorry at the end of the day, and don't you worry about it. Hey, they're stealing from you. Letting you live in sin, letting you go on in a way that's keeping you from God's best. They're, they're, they're robbing you. They're using you. They're not helping you. They don't care about you. I said it before. I say it again that the old adage that the parent says, this is going to hurt me a lot more than it hurts you. It's, you see that in Paul's writings when he, he confronts somebody in the church and says, listen, that, that's not your wife. That's, that's something that even the world knows is sin. Amen. Everybody knows that that's wrong. And, and, and the church was just smiling and, and getting along with it. And Paul said, you gotta, you gotta deal with that. You gotta handle that. Amen. And the Bible says in Second Corinthians, the letter that Paul writes to them, he said, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't boastful about my authority. I, I wept about that, knowing that that, that could have been taken so many different ways. I, I remember preaching a message one night and preaching how the Bible talks about, you know, God cleansing you and saving you and and don't go back to the sin. The Bible calls that a, like a pig that goes back to mud or a dog that goes back to vomit. And, and I remember talking many years ago, talking to someone after the service. And I saw that there's a problem. And I said, are you okay? What's wrong? You called me a pig. What are you talking about? I, I, I didn't know such thing. I... I didn't even think of you cross didn't cross my mind, but that pricking of the heart that somewhere there was sin that was I didn't even know about somebody going back to sin and playing around the perimeter and and considering maybe 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 God's not what's best for me. Listen to me when the spirit of God's dealing with you. He cares about you. He loves you. He's wanting to rescue you. The things that. That we see in the word of God that seems so crazy to this world. You know, you'll see symbolism of the Old Testament talking about like walls around a city or around a garden. Isaiah talked about a, a garden that God put there and put a well in the middle, but he put a wall around it. What kind of what kind of loving God would build walls around my a, a God that wants to protect you from from the predators, protect you from the enemies. I want to tell you that don't don't make no mistakes that while you're loving people and you're being kind and you're being patient with people, we still understand that the spirit of God is going to going to be pricking hearts. 
We never, never want to get the idea that we so much take the gospel that, that we see in the word of God and, and take away that understanding that, hey, there, there's going to be a, a, a conviction of sin. And you want that. You want that. One of the greatest, let me say it this way, because one of the, one of the most horrible, really, judgments of God that I've ever seen is is when when it seems like that one that's so past feeling. And God says, well, if that's your heart, go ahead and do it. Get it while you can. They're past feeling. That spirit of God, they, they close their ears so much that... And they say, well, I feel better than I've ever felt before. There's nobody telling me I'm wrong. There's no, I, I don't feel any of that pricking in my heart anymore. I, I don't ever want to be in a place where the Lord can't say, hey, hey, don't get too close to that. It's going to hurt you. Hey, that's not my will. That's not, 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 not my best for you. That's, that's going to hurt you. Conviction is going to come, and oh, thank God for it. Thank God that, that the Lord will, will speak to us. He's not a God that's quick to judge, quick to get angry. Like a lot of folks, you know. People that over the years, just one bad day from being your worst enemy, being the most nasty, cruel person that you could possibly meet, and because of things just not going there, God's not like that. He's slow to anger. He's not looking to throw you in hell. He's not looking to, he's done a lot to save you. He's not just going to judge you and condemn you and throw you to the side. But he will prick your heart and say, hey, hey, wake up. Hey, what a great God he is. He'll, he'll, he'll speak to you. He'll, he'll make you feel that, that, that a little bit of shame, a little bit of, a little bit of guilt, a little bit of uncomfortableness. We can never, never allow the church to be just about building us up in our own will and our own feelings and never, never get to a place where it's like, you know what? I could be a better friend, a better husband, a better daddy, a better uh, worker at my job, a better neighbor, and, and never, never get to a place where God can't say, you know what? Stop being so selfish. Stop being so proud. Stop thinking that you can get away with sin. That's a mercy of God. But sadly, here in Acts, the seventh chapter, the Bible says they were cut to the heart. And they didn't say, men and brethren, what shall we do? They stoned Stephen that day. They stoned him as he called out to God with innocence written all over his face. And Paul sitting there. Watching the coats of those that were participating in this. Let me tell somebody here today. In a day where sin is, is still sinful and the devil is still evil. And, and this world is still in need of a savior. We're going to love people. We're going to reach for people. We're going to support them and strengthen them. And try to help them be saved. But in the house of God there's going to be a pricking of the heart. There's going to be a, convic- a convicting of sin in the preaching and in the, in, the, in the presence of God. Let God lead. Don't take that as, as, as 
hurtfulness or God not loving you. But the Bible says who he loves, he'll chase him. He's going to help you be saved. He wants you to, to learn and to grow and be everything he's called you to be. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Con- conviction, not condemnation. Sometimes you can, as a, as a child of God, you can be like Abel, just loving God, worshiping God, doing your best. And somebody comes around and says, I see, I see what you're doing. Because they're not doing their best. They say, you know what, you think I'm going to hell. You, you, you think I'm lost. And that's the Spirit of God dealing with them. That's conviction. Just because you're shining the light. Keep shining the light, but help them. Help them know that they can have what you have. They can be, they can be saved. When you feel the presence of God dealing with you to repent of sin, to grow, to lay aside every weight, as the book of Hebrews says, don't, don't take it the wrong way. Nobody's picking on you. God's here to save you. The church is here to to help you see this plan of salvation. But I'll tell you what happens if people choose their sin, if people choose to say no to God's conviction. They just can't go their way. They've got to try to destroy. They've got to try to blame and hate so often. Beautiful presence of God that you feel in this house today. They're angry. They're seeing all the flaws and the problems. Because God's been pricking their heart. It's your choice. It's your choice. God wants to save you. God wants to help you. He's going to be a good father to you. Call you out of the traffic call you away from the danger. He's going to put a wall up around you, some boundaries in your life to keep you safe because He wants you to be saved. Can you let God, can you let God be a heavenly Father? Can you let Him bring conviction into your life? We allow Him to love you enough to lead you, to guide you, Let's, let's find a place to pray. Let's talk to God. God, here I am.
because it's so broken, so hurting. But God's trying to lead you into something better, something greater. God's got an abundant life for you. But He's not going to just validate everything in your life that's hurting you, that's holding you back. He knows. He knows. He made you. He's got a plan for you. He's got purpose for you. Let Him. Let Him show you. if you can just let him lead and he'll help you see he's got something so much better for you than sin don't misunderstand conviction don't misunderstand that pricking of the heart that leading of his spirit it's not condemnation it's a loving father leading you in a better way and he's always there He's always there when you say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the life that I've been living outside your will. I'm sorry for the things that I've allowed inside the wall. I'm sorry for the times that I've disobeyed you, God. He's there with mercy to forgive. He said, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of them and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Why don't you just address sin in your life once and for all and say, God, no longer. No longer do I want to walk in my way. No longer do I want to walk in a way that's not pleasing to you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand. God, I thank you again for your mercy, for your kindness to us. That you would lead us, Lord. Though it's a narrow path, God, you are there, Lord, to be, to guide us and to keep us. To enable us every day to do your will. Lord, bless your people now, I pray, God. I pray, Lord, speak clearly to every heart and life. Lead us. 
in this world of darkness, God, give us light. Bless each one, Lord. Keep us safe as we travel. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.